Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Would you give me a drink? That's bad, huh? What? You, would you? Ask her to drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon. In the heat, so you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but... I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water, hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth, heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper 
he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me, I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am He. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you. And it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things, because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon, just the heart. <laughs> Well, good morning, Transformation Church. Are you so happy to be in the house of the Lord today? For those of you that don't know, that was a clip from The Chosen. Um, how many of you guys have watched that series? Um, so, so good. We actually have, um, have had um, Bible studies and small groups on that. And so uh, we just, we love this series and, and it brings the word of God to life. This morning, we are going to begin a brand new series called Transform TLH. And the reason why we showed you that clip this morning is all four weeks are going to be based off of the story you just saw. So why don't you do this for me? Why don't you open up your Bibles, turn to John chapter 4. 
And we're going to get started in this series with this story. We believe here that God has called us as a church to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And all throughout scripture, we have seen how an encounter with Christ transforms lives. And I don't know about you, but I remember the encounter with Christ that I had that transformed my life. My life was completely different. Now, listen, I was five years old. But I remember it like it was yesterday. My dad was preaching a Sunday night revival service. And I walked forward. And not only did I accept Christ, but I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at five years old. That's why it's so important for us to pour into this next generation. We don't believe that there's any age that is too young to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the salvation of Jesus Christ. In fact, we believe that if we can get them at a young age, Ryan says this all the time, if we can share the gospel with them at a young age, we can reach them before we have to rescue them. And having that firm foundation in my life and that encounter with Jesus has held me through the last 40 plus years. <laughs> and this morning, as we dive into this, we are going to look at the story of the woman at the well. I love this story. And we're going to look at a lot of scripture today. There's really not a lot of points. There's really not a lot of uh, fancy words that are going to be on the screen except for the word of God. Because as I was studying this and have studied this over the last 30 years, this story has spoken to me in so many different ways. And so we're going to look at the first portion of this story this morning. But why don't we do this together? We have a prayer that we say together every Sunday morning before we open up the word of God. And can we say it together this morning? Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you knew that without it being up on the screens. Very good. <laughs> Remember back to the encounter that you had with the Lord Jesus. Maybe it was just a few months ago. Maybe it was a few years ago. But do you remember that moment when you came face to face with the presence of the Lord? So much so that it changed your life. I was talking to a friend the other day and she was talking about a young man that she knows that was walking through a, a horrible divorce last year. He was an alcoholic. And on the same day that he got saved, he was baptized with the Holy Spirit and delivered from alcoholism on the same day. That's the Jesus that we serve. And so as we remember this, not just for those that are outside of these walls, but a constant reminder of our encounter with the Lord. See, there have been times in my life, yes, when I was five years old that I, I accepted Christ, but there were times in my life over and over again where I have encountered my Savior. There have been moments in my life where I have needed him more than anything else. The moments that we, we lost two children, we lost two children before Jeremiah and then one between uh, Jordan and Journey. When we miscarried those three children, I needed my Savior 
That moment where my house, our house went up for on the auction block and, and we were about to lose everything. We had lost our jobs. The economy had, had just tanked and we saw ourselves getting ready to lose everything and Jesus intervened. In those moments where my dad had open heart surgery and a quadruple bypass and then had a stroke and five stents put in, I saw my Jesus standing with me and walking with me through those moments. Friends, I have to tell you, time after time after time, we encounter our Savior on a daily basis. If we would just open our eyes and recognize that it's him. And this woman that we're going to read about today, listen, at the end of the story, she recognized that it was him, but not at the beginning. And that's where we're going to, we're going to focus on today. So let's open up our Bibles and we're going to start at John chapter four, verse one. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. This was the most direct route. So he walked through Samaria. However, Jewish custom was those that were righteous or rabbis would not walk through Samaria. They would walk around. But Jesus doesn't walk around. He goes straight through our difficulties. He goes straight through our sin. He goes straight through our pain to meet us where we're at. And so this group of Samaritans in scripture, back in in the Old Testament days, Assyria, um, the Assyrians came and took over part of Israel. And when they came, they brought with them their false gods, they brought with them their idolatry, and they intermarried with the Jews. This produced a people called the Samaritans. The reason why the Jewish people, the righteous Jewish people, would go around Samaria is because they would have nothing to do with Samaritans. But Jesus was different. In verse 5, it says, Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. So this well goes all the way back to the days of Genesis. And we saw in the video that that. She knew about this well. She knew. She had a concept of the Old Testament. She knew that it was Jacob's well. And history tells us that as he was walking through, he stopped at that well that had been there for years. Verse 7 says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. It was around noontime that Jesus sat at this well. It was around noontime that this woman came to the well, the hottest part of the day. And she came alone. And she came alone because you saw in the video because of her shame. And we're going to learn next week about how Jesus prophesied to her the shame of her past. But what are those things in our life that keep us from wanting to encounter Jesus. 
Man, I was thinking about that this week as I was reading this, that she would rather remove herself from relationships than have to encounter the shame of talking with someone in relationship. So all the other women would go at a different time when it wasn't the hottest part of the day. But she avoided them to come at this time. She was coming when it was the most physically demanding because it was easier for her to face the well alone than to face the women that would be standing there. I don't know about you, I grew up in church and, and, and sometimes we church people are, well, you know, <laughs> you know how we can be. And I say we, because we can all be this way. Don't you want to be a church where someone can walk through the doors that no matter what they have done the night before, they can walk into this place and maybe not feel accepted because of their sin, but be accepted because Christ accepted them? You know, there's a difference. We have blurred the lines where we think that accepting someone means accepting their sin. And that's not the case. Jesus loves everyone. He loved us while we were sinners. Christ died for us. And in those moments that we provide those encounters with Jesus, as people walk into these doors, we provide them a place that no matter what they've done, what their past looks like, that they can see their Savior. Jesus initiates this conversation with the woman. He says, please give me a drink. Now, this was unheard of. A man was not to speak to a woman that was not his wife. This was a woman who was living in adultery, and she was a Samaritan. And so Jesus took that step forward and said, please give me a drink. In verse 8, it says, he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, you are a Jew. She was reminding him, you are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? I love this. As I was studying this this week, this thought came to me. She knew who she was. And she thought she knew who was standing in front of her. But she had no idea. She had no idea that the Messiah was standing in front of her. That the Savior of the world, that God himself was standing in front of her. She was reminding him, you're not supposed to be speaking to me. You're not supposed to be asking me for anything. She knew who she was, but she had no idea who he was. There was a, a defensiveness in her response. There was shame. Well, you know, whenever we're ashamed, don't we seem to get a little defensive? Oh, no, just me? You know, I don't know about you. There's something in our family that we have tried and we have worked very hard at saying it goes like this I'm sorry 
but we have to work at it because our shame and our defensiveness rises up and we try to say, well, the reason why, listen, I might be sorry, but the reason why I said what I said or the reason why I did what I did is because, right? We, we call that in our family, the excuse. And it's the I'm sorry. And we all struggle with this. We all face this in our lives. And she did too. Here's the difference. She was standing right in front of Jesus when she said her words of why are you speaking to me? Why are you addressing me? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. If you only knew. The reminder over and over again of the encounter with Jesus that I've had in my life time and time again came back to me in this moment. As I was reading this portion of scripture, if you only knew. Friend, we forget. We forget what he saved us from. We forget how he has blessed our life. We walk around our day in, day out life and we forget that he is the living water. That he has something to provide to us that we don't deserve and we cannot reproduce. It is only through his spirit that we have living water. If you only knew. There are people outside of these doors that need an encounter with the Lord. If they only knew. If they only knew, they would be delivered from drug addiction. If they only knew, they, their marriage would be restored. If they only knew, their mental health would be healed. If they only knew. Jesus begins to pivot from the physical need He had a physical, look at this. He had a physical need. He was fully God, but fully man. He was exhausted. He was tired. He was thirsty. But he saw the need of the woman in front of him and forgot about his own. He moved from the physical right into her spiritual. He pivoted from what he needed to what she desperately needed. She's confused and she goes back to the physical. When he says to this and he says, I would give you living water. But sir, she said in verse 11, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? She doesn't understand. She doesn't know who's standing in front of her. Friend, this nation has been bombarded with Christian principles year after year. They have no idea the power that goes behind it. In verse 12, she says, and besides, and and here, she... She has no idea who's standing in front of her. And listen to her response. She's like, first, sir, you don't have a bucket or a rope. 
So where are you going to get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob? She begins to pull some religion. Listen, don't we do that sometimes? Don't we start to pull some, when we know we're in the wrong, don't we start to pull some religion back here? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? She had no idea. She had encountered the savior of the world. And this is important for us moving forward. It's important for us to remember that when we encountered him, our life was transformed. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. This is the heart of the story. As we move on to these other weeks, listen to the heart of the story. That there is fresh living water that the Savior has to give to us. He said, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Please, sir, she said, give me this water. And this is the reason why. It, it broke me this week when I read this. Give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Do you hear her shame? Do you hear her pain? That she is an outcast to her community. Sir, give me this water so I won't be thirsty and I'll never have to come here again. There are people on the sidelines of our life that are desperately thirsty, that are so dry and they have no idea what they need. But we as believers understand that all they need is an encounter with Jesus. That's all they need. One moment in his presence can change our lives forever. You know, I, I, I love our, our transformation nights. We have this moment where we, we truly tarry in the presence of the Lord. We stay. We press through. We, we, we push through in the presence of the Lord. Can I tell you, that, that's wonderful. And I believe we have left that kind of prayer altar, that prayer moment where we, we don't just get up, right? It's not the, the drive-through prayer but it's where we stay and we wait. But can I tell you, there are moments in our lives where Jesus will encounter us in an instant and change us forever. And there are people in Tallahassee, listen, this city does not need another church. This city needs the transforming power of Jesus. That's what they need. 
and for us as believers to provide a place where they can encounter Jesus, not just inside of these walls, but at the well at the water cooler. You see what I'm saying? This wasn't in the the temple. This was out where people go on a daily basis and walk by. That's where she encountered Jesus. A few chapters later, Jesus mentions this again. Turn with me to John chapter 7, verse 37. Because as I was studying this this week, this living water, this encounter that this woman had with this living water, it brought me to two other passages of scripture, both written by the apostle John. And in John chapter 7, it says this in verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Whoever believes in Jesus, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. The thirsty, those that are so dry, they are, have you ever been dehydrated? Have you ever been to the point that you can't even lift your head? You've been so sick and dehydrated, you can't lift your head up off the pillow. Jesus is saying spiritually, without him, we are dehydrated. We are spiritually dying and he gives us rivers of living water. As John is, is pinning this, I'm sure he's remembering back to the story that he saw. See, he wrote the story about the woman at the well. And then he sees Jesus stand on the last day of the great festival and with a loud voice declare that if anyone is thirsty, come to him for a drink. But years later, he was pushed to an island that was his punishment for being a disciple of Christ. And in his last days, he was given a revelation. And in the last chapter of that revelation, it says this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. John sees the woman at the well. Here's the story that Jesus tells. 
He sees Jesus standing in front of a great crowd declaring that rivers of living water will flow out of them. And at his last days, he sees the revelation of heaven itself and he sees the river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb down through the city with trees bearing fruit where its leaves heal the nations. Friend, one encounter with the lamb of God will change our lives forever. It transforms us. We are no longer who we were before. I look at the life of my husband and I knew him before he was saved. I've watched him for 20 plus years grow in the foundation and the transformation of the Spirit of God. But I saw the encounter that happened that night where his life was different. He met face to face with the savior of the world, the one that could give him living water. Did he have a lot of baggage that he had to work through? Don't we all? Listen, we're not gonna be perfect, but we will be changed. Because from that day on, a river of life started flowing out. If any of you are thirsty, come to the Savior and drink. As we move forward with this series, I want you to read this story. I want you to pour yourself into the book of John chapter 4. And begin to remember the encounter you had years ago with your Savior. Our lives are different because of Him. And isn't it our job to provide moments of encounter for those of us, for those around us that do not know Jesus, that they can be different too. I was reminded of the song when I was looking through the book of Revelation, which is a hard book to read. But there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of our God. There is a river of living water. Are you dry today? Are you dry? Have you removed yourself from the fountain of grace? Have you removed yourself from the fresh water flowing? Has it become stale? Jesus is calling you back this morning. He's calling you today to drink again of the fresh and living water that only he can provide. As every head is bowed and eyes closed, this morning, is that you? Maybe you're like me and you accepted Christ a long, long time ago, but man, you are dry. You're angry. Life has not gone the way you've wanted it to go. 
Jesus is calling you today saying, I have fresh living water for you. Maybe you have seen church done and not the right way. Jesus is saying, man, I have living water that you need today. If that's you this morning, if you are dry and thirsty and you need a fresh drink of the living water, just lift your hand this morning. Just lift your hand so I can pray with you. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Yes. Hands everywhere. Believers, let's begin right now to press in and intercede for those that lifted their hands. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that your son is refreshing. That he is the living water. That his spirit brings rivers that bubble up inside of us. And so we ask today that those dry and thirsty places, those desert places that have been hit time and time again will be, will be filled today. Lord, for those that do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they have pushed you away because you are not what they thought you would be, that, Lord, that today you would stand in front of them and reveal yourself to them today. Church, begin to intercede right now. Heavenly Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that your Son would be revealed to those that are broken and are lost this morning that a fresh river would begin to bubble up out of them and they will sense you close and encounter you again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.